Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Capital Adulting Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Gardner. Excited to be back with y'all again. And just want to say, appreciate the support, the outreach from getting things back underway last week's episode or a couple weeks ago now. Um, seemed like folks were both excited. The podcast is is live yet again, um, as well as just talking about the dangers of being results oriented. So if you haven't given that one a listen or you haven't read the book, Thinking About This by Annie Duke, definitely recommend both. Um, really just, I think, a good segue into what we're talking about today um, and just, I think, a good underpinning for your own financial literacy and acumen in general. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, feel free to pause this one, go check that one out. Uh, but what are we going to talk about today? Well, this is something that we also haven't addressed in quite a while. Um, if you remember listening way back when I first launched this uh, episode one, talking about the mission and the goal of the podcast, right? It's really to empower each of y'all listening out there to better your financial acumen, improve your own financial standing and planning in life, uh, and really just like giving you the skill set and the framework to to optimize uh, just your life, hopefully on multiple fronts by at least alleviating um, you know portions of kind of your the, the financial side of things. So what we haven't talked about in a long time is getting back to the basics, like really the foundation of your personal finance mindset. And why this came to mind for me is I saw a reel on Instagram and it was talking about how everybody focuses on tactics, 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 right? That's what the content out there is is all about today. It's all about executing X, Y, Z, doing this, making this kind of move. And, you know, put in other ways, everything that you know, that gets put out there on the internet and even like several of the podcasts that I've done focuses on specific things, right? Specific things to do or, uh, you know, uh, a, a particular approach to something, right? Within a given context, right? It's like, hey, here is a, you have problem A, here's solution B, right? That sort of thing. So that's what I mean when we're focusing on tactics. But, what happens when you solely focus on tactics is you get caught up in what's right in front of you and you get caught up in reacting to whatever's coming up, right? And, and there are some pros to that for sure. But basically what happens is what's right in front of you. Oh, hey, problem one came up. Cool. Uh, all right. Let's plan. Okay, cool. Let's, we're going to take path, path A to, to solve that problem, right? Boom. Oh, well now issue number two just arose like what are we gonna do right and it becomes this this never-ending like hamster wheel of problems problem solving new problems coming up right so when you focus when you're focused only at the tactical level you do not achieve strategic success and what does that look like in your financial life well, that might look like, oh, hey, I got a, a 3% raise here, or I changed this job and boosted my income, or I saved a little bit here, or I did this sort of thing. But you look up in 20 years, and you're nowhere near where you want to be, right? You were spending so much time firefighting at the at the day-to-day level that the actions you were taking at some point deviated from your overall strategy and the overarching goals that you have for yourself and now 
the, that realization only only comes to fruition when things go sideways, right? Or when the reality is just too uh, too bleak to ignore it any longer. So that's why today I want to take a step back. I wanted to detach from the tactical level and look more at the strategic level, revisiting what we've talked about early in the podcast and hopefully just trying to instill not necessarily like a complete rewiring of your brain and how you think about finances, but at least an, an encouragement to, again, separate yourself from what's going on at the tactical level, what's going on with the distractions in the world and the wars and the inflation, the elections and all that sort of stuff. Let's parse all of that out and and focus on ourselves for a little bit here and focus on what, what we want to achieve and just knowing ourselves and coming up with that cohesive, comprehensive financial strategy. And once we have that framework in place, that's when we can sift through the tactics and the attack plans that, that exist and pick what's going to make the most sense and help drive towards the, the strategic outcome that we want. So nothing wrong with, with tactic level content. There's plenty of that. There will be plenty of that here, but let's talk strategy for a bit. All right. For me, when I think about financial strategy, it starts in one place, in one place only, and it's in knowing yourself, right? You have to have a deep level of understanding about who you are, what your makeup is, what your what your personality traits, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and what your personalized goals are, right? Because that's I mean, that's what the strategy is all about. But you can't just import a generic catch-all strategy from an outside source, right? Those exist, and they're not bad, right? Generalized advice and implementing it will probably still lead to a better outcome than no plan at all. But each one of us is very unique, and we have unique circumstances. We have our own unique skill set, our own family dynamics, you know, relationship, marriage dynamics, friends, lifestyle, location, all these sorts of things factor in. And so generalized advice just simply won't get the job done. But you need to know which advice is specific to you by first knowing yourself, right? And so I hit on some of those variables, right? You have to you have to understand like what you want to achieve, right? When we say goals, when you look at the span of your life, where do you want to be, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years out from now, right? What, what milestones do you want to accomplish? All right. So if we lay out that sort of roadmap, we put these milestones in it, then we have to evaluate, you know, our own being in that sense. Like what are, what are the strengths? Meaning like, what attributes can we capitalize on to get us to where we want to go? So let's say you you know you want to make fifty million dollars and you have a strength of selling, right? Okay, pretty makes sense. Go do sales. Like probably <laughs> probably make good inroads there. But what happens if you're somebody who's like, well, I see a lot of people in sales making a lot of money. Why don't I go do that? But your character and personality isn't conducive to that. You aren't a closer. You aren't a salesperson, right? So then 
pursuing that path because of what you see and making the comparisons or someone makes that recommendation to you is not going to lead to the outcome you want because you're fighting yourself before you even go against any of life's other variables. So understanding yourself, strengths, and your weaknesses is is not a way to eliminate all the problems that you're facing, but it helps ensure that you are not your own biggest enemy. There's always going to be the challenges in life, the unexpected outcomes, the, the crazy situations that come up. And you can plan for some of them, and you can make sure you have contingencies in place and all that good stuff. But the last thing we should ever do to ourselves is to put you know, either more red tape or more restrictions and put ourselves at a natural disadvantage. Because, I mean, we should know ourselves better than anybody, right? And if that's the case, what are we doing if we handcuff ourselves by actively fighting against what we know is true? So that's why for me, it, the self-awareness piece is key. Um, and you start with yourself, you understand it, you understand the variables that are in play, right? What are your what are your family demands? What are your friends? What sort of lifestyle are you trying to live? Right? We're trying to paint this as best we can, this overarching picture of the way we want life to progress. So what does that life look like? What do you need? Right? What do you need today? What do you expect that you'll need 10 years from now, 30 years from now? And then what do you want? Right? Like, let's say, let's say you have a goal. You're like, okay, maybe I'm whatever, 25. Well, want to get married, want to have kids. I want to have whatever two kids. I want to be able to pay for that for a car, and I want to pay for college education, right? Like, okay, well that that right there is a good starting point for establishing that roadmap. So you're already getting some insight into yourself, right? What's meaningful? What's most important for you? And as we're looking at the timeline of your life, now we can add some some pretty far out there, some long term objectives that we're trying to achieve. Like if you're 25, you don't even, if you say you're not even married, don't even have kids yet. Right. Like the idea of paying for kids college is presumably 20 to 25 years out, but that doesn't change the option to start working towards that today and laying the groundwork for it. But if you don't know that that's a goal and you don't know that that would be meaningful for you, then, and then we're already, we're already off track. Right. So you need to understand our variables. Um, and this next point I think is even more poignant given the social media comparison, highlight real life that we all experience today, right? We have this unlimited source in our pocket of our phones pointing us to who's doing the best, who's putting on the best show, who just bought a house, who bought a new car, who took that amazing, you know, trip to Bora Bora, things like that, right? You know, it's it's so easy to see that. And it, it it's easy for them to be like, well, geez, like I'm a failure. This some this person said they're 19 years old and they're making $500,000 a month by affiliate marketing or something like that, right? And like that's we get this surface level snapshot, and then but then we start comparing ourselves to that. You know, we're like, well, I'm, I must be behind. You know, what I'm doing must not be good enough because I'm not at that level, and. There's there's two there's two parts to this, right? One, there's always going to be a 1% in anything in life. 
it doesn't matter. Most people think of that in financial terms, but think about like, you know, pro athletes or, or academics or doctors, right? There's always a 1%. There's the super elite of the elite, that combination of natural skill and just intellect and work ethic, all these sorts of things. They've differentiated themselves and they're at a level that realistically almost nobody else can achieve. Like I really think about that in sports, you know, I played a lot of baseball growing up and it used to be like, you know, whatever millions of kids play little league. And then out of that grouping, 5% played high school ball. And then out of that grouping, only 2% played college ball. And then out of that group, only 1% played pro. And then out of that, it's like 0.1% make it to the big leagues. And you start looking at that and you're like, well, geez, like I, you know, well, there's these baseball guys signing three, four, five, seven hundred million dollar contracts. Like, why isn't that me? That is irrelevant, right? Because <laughs> you just, they're the extreme outliers. And we're also never comparing ourselves to the extreme outliers in the other direction, right? The comparison always moves up. We always look at who's doing better than us. It's a lot harder to truly internalize and grasp a downward comparison. Like when you think at any point in time, there's people, you know, billions of people that are starving or their food source isn't guaranteed or they don't have good shelter and things like that. And you're like, it, it just doesn't ring as true. It does it's it's a lot easier to be like, well, hey, that guy just bought a Ferrari. Like, why don't I have a Ferrari? Versus looking at the other way around. So just remember that comparison is the thief of joy. And the second point along those lines is also remember the internet is the internet. It's not reality, right? Somebody hey, somebody rented paid fifteen hundred bucks to rent a Lamborghini and do a photo shoot with it and post a bunch of pictures. Okay. Are they on top of the world for doing that? But hey, it, it plays up to the image that they're trying to create. So just remember that that a lot of that is just it's a facade. All right. So the the main point I wanted to get to on this front though is beyond that is each one of us, as I've said, is unique. And we have our own lifestyle, our life plans, the people we want to share it with, the things we want to do, what we want to accomplish. It is unique to us when we're in the driver's seat on what we want to do, you know, and this is where sometimes it gets really hard because you might have family expectations. Like, let's say, say your family's like, oh, well, yeah, your only path is to become a doctor. You got to become a doctor or a lawyer or, oh, you need to do nonprofit work or, oh, well, you really need to make this much money or you need to live in this particular place. And it's all noise right? Like it's, you know, you know, people love you and care for you and want the best for you. But at the same time, like your life is your own and we have to detach from the other things that are going on. The other influences that we're hearing that are in the same boat as us not knowing our inner, our inner self and putting our own hurdles in front of us. Right? So remember that you're unique And because of that, that gives you the right and the power to establish a unique life plan and strategy for you. And you have the power to make changes to that and adapt and adjust as you want, as things change, right? So hopefully that's a very powerful feeling is to just unshackle yourself from the expectations of family, friends, work, social media, all of that, when we're when we're really trying to lay the foundation for how we, we come up with a good financial plan for life, we start with knowing ourselves, blocking out the noise, laying out what we want to accomplish, 
and then building the the plan within that to achieve it. So once we know that, that's when we can really get into the strategy. Once we have the strategy, we can dive into the the tactics, right? Because again, if we don't understand ourselves and where we want to go, then we're not gonna we're not gonna come up with an optimal strategy. And we're sure as heck not gonna be able to measure ourselves against it to see if we're tracking where we want to go or if we need to throw that plan out and come up with a new one. But when like I've already hit on, you know, when you when you have a good understanding, that's when you dive into the goals, the milestones, and important most importantly, the timeline. The timeline piece I think gets lost a lot nowadays. Um, like for instance, I can't remember the exact source. So take this with a grain of salt, of course. Um, but there was one stat that got tossed around that I believe said the average age for an American to become a millionaire was 49. All right, men, you know, I don't know about y'all listening out there, but there's plenty of times where I'm critiquing myself like, Hey, why are, why am I not at that point yet? Right. And yo, yeah, there's somebody, you know, Oh, this person became an executive at this age, this person to this, this person to that. But again, the comparison game only robs you. And so the timeline of knowing that what you're doing day in and day out and the fact that you're doing a good job at work. So that gives you a position to get, uh, you're in position to get a promotion. Um, and that gives you say an extra 10% income that, you can you can invest you can do stuff with right uh, it's all about uh, when you have that strategy is knowing that you're implementing good things at the at the tactical level to achieve it while staying cognizant in the timeline again you want to pay for your kids college what if that's 20 years down the road okay what can i be doing today to help make that happen uh, and I think one thing that also gets overlooked timeline is uh, I think a bit of an easier concept. It's an easier concept to grasp. It's a little harder to emotionally uh, digest it on a routine basis. You know, like it's, we just, we spend a lot of time thinking about money, right? It's, it's important. That's a big part of our lives. Um, But what goes even beyond the timeline is the prep work into that timeline. So, this is where you like you really have to have to dig deep and not that you're coming up with like can't sketch out your life forever unexpected things are going to come up but you want to have a rough idea of where you want to go what you want to do so like an instance of like the prep work potentially altering your strategy today all right so let's say say you live in a high cost place and you make a lot of money today and in the future you say okay I'm going to move to a low cost place and I'm just going to live on money that I pull from retirement, right? So maybe just hypothetically, you're making 250000 today and you expect in retirement you're going to live in, live in the boonies and you'll need 75000 a year to live. Well, that strategy changes your tactics of, of today, right? Because a generalized plan might say, hey, you know what you need to do? Like you need to pile as much money in your Roth IRA as you can. Like you need that to grow tax-free, all right? But... Uh, when you look at the uniqueness of your life plan, you go, hey, well, this is what I'm making today. I'm paying 40% taxes on this. Or in the future, I'd pay 18, hypothetically. Well, it'd make a lot more sense 
to deviate from that generalized plan and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go a pre-tax approach. I'm going to put money into a traditional IRA for now. And then that way in the future, I will, it'll pay off according to my plan as it stands today. So that's where you have to think about, you know, the things that like normally don't, you wouldn't, it wouldn't naturally come to you right at the, at the routine kind of day-to-day like financial level of thinking, okay, where do, where do I want to retire to in the future? Like, what do I think? Am I going to have, am I going to be making a lot of, like I'm anticipating buying a bunch of rental properties over the next 20 years instead of making 250 like I am today, I'm going to make 800 a year. I mean, that'd be great, right? You take that for sure. But then that flips the plan, right? You'd say, okay, well, hey, well if I'm making 800 in the future, then I'm going to go the post-tax approach today. So those are the things where the prep work is really important because otherwise you're only going to experience the pain when it's too late, right? That's really the only option. The only option is to get 30 years down the road and be like, oh, geez, like now I'm paying 45% taxes. Well, I could have been paying 35%, you know, a long time ago um, or, you know, hopefully y'all can get the gist from that. But that's the, the premise there. Invest in, in in the groundwork so that way your strategy makes sense and then you can pick the appropriate tactics that are tailored to your specific life. All right. And speaking of tailoring things to your to yourself, you also need to understand your risk tolerance. I think this is a a, a massive component when it comes to your financial plan and future you have to know how much risk you're willing to take on. Are you somebody who can, who can, you know, say the market having a bad day, like some of those, those early COVID days market was diving seven, eight, 9% in a day. So imagine you've spent 30 years accumulating money. You've got a million dollars in your 401k and you log in that one specific day. And it shows you a minus $90,000 in a single day. What does that do to you? Now, that's an extreme example, but are you somebody like, would you laugh that off and be like, ah, might be time to buy more? Or are you somebody that's like full blown, hits the panic button, like you're waking up in a cold sweat that night thinking that you're going to be bankrupt <laughs> a week from now and anything in between, of course, I'm giving an extreme example to paint a clear illustration, but that's why you need to like the, the, your life plan, the financial plan needs to be personalized to, to your risk because fact of the matter is there's people that are 25 that are going to play it very conservative and there's people that are 65 that are going to play it very aggressive and if you know yourself well that's fine you're coming up with the plan that works for you to achieve what you want and there's just no way around it you got to be selfish you got to be selfish when it comes to to plotting out a financial future. Uh, but again, the risk tolerance piece, it's going to, I mean, it's going to, it's going to dictate like, what's your upside? If you're a low risk person, you're not going to have the same upside. You're not going to see the same growth in your finances. You're not going to make the same gains. Um, but you also won't see the same downswings, right? You won't experience the same painful losses. Like it'll be more even keel, right? The slow trend. So, Again, there's no one answer to everybody. And I think that's what, like, human nature is tricky in that sense. 
and especially in our current society. Like we really want, hey, here is the boilerplate option, the guaranteed path to success. This you follow X, Y, Z, like within this framework, you're golden. And again, not that what's out there won't get you part of the way there, but the only way to get you fully to where you want to be is taking the time to follow this sort of framework of knowing yourself you know, sketching out the plan that makes a sense for your life, how you want to live it, what you want to achieve and factoring in your own personality strengths and weaknesses within that. And so when it comes to planning and doing this prep work, you have to be all in on it. I'm a firm believer in that. You have to, you have to be dedicated to it. You have to see the value of it, right? Because otherwise you're not going to put in the, the amount of effort required to make it happen, to make it meaningful. This isn't a check the box sort of thing. This isn't, hey, I sat down for 30 minutes on the weekend and I listened to Grant drone on on a podcast. And then I sketched out a plan in five minutes and called it good. You can do that. Sure. Right. But you're only going to get that partial success, if any. All right. You have to be all in on getting into the nitty gritty, having some hard conversations, right? Like say if you're married, maybe you're married, you don't have kids yet. Have you had a conversation about what would happen if one spouse wants to stay at home? You know, what happens if something unexpected comes up? Someone gets laid off. Somebody gets a a job offer and doubles their income, right? Family disaster. What happens if your out-of-state relatives need urgent medical care or like, would you drop everything and go support them? Right. So there's things like that, that you can't plan for everything, but you want to, you want to think through how to protect yourself in a wide variety of situations. Um, and you just don't want to live in fear. I think what I've seen from conversations I've had with people when it comes to finances is a lot of times it's, Hey, this is too sophisticated. I'm just going to throw up my hands. I'm going to say, it's too much for me. I'm just going to step back and I'm just going to do some check the box kind of stuff and hope it works out. Right. Well, yeah, I am just going to, I've got a solid job. I'm going to, I'm going to put money in my 401k and you know, I'm going to call that good. I'm going to get to the end of the month and I'm going to hope that I've got some money left over for savings. I would love to buy a house one day. Like so I'm just, I would love to save, but I'm not really like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything unique. Like, oh, maybe I open a separate bank account. And I direct deposit money into it that I don't touch, you know, things like that. But the problem with that, the ironic thing is I think when people get scared off of the effort and the pain needed to come up with the initial plan, just everything that we've talked about, it has more long-term downside than you could ever imagine because what happens is when you shrug it off and say oh it's too much or you just push into this gray area into this area of the unknown that unknown isn't leaving your head it's gonna stay there and it's gonna manifest and it's gonna grow and it's gonna pop up at random times consciously subconsciously but it's going to be mentally and emotionally draining to not know. You're just you will in if you don't know your finances, you'll end up in a constant state of fear. 
right? Like you just have no idea if you're on track or not. Like when things, when things go really well, do you know if you're benefiting from it? When things are going really poorly, do you know what the cost is to you? Right? I think like inflation is kind of an interesting example on that front. So you see the top level numbers and it's like, oh, inflation went up know, 5%, 7%, year over year, things like that. So you think like, okay, like, yeah, inflation's up 7%. Do you know if your personal inflation rate went up that much? No, 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 no idea. I just, I've seen the news. I think everything's more expensive. Well, it varies by your lifestyle, right? Like, oh, you, you bought a new car. Well, that used car was 12% more expensive than it would have been a year ago. Okay. That's a huge shift. Or, oh, actually like I've dialed back my groceries or I bought something, you know, like the groceries I buy, I only saw a 3% increase and uh, my housing, my housing went up 8%, right? Like having that level of detail, it just, it gives you more information and you can make more accurate decisions because that's really, I think if you could boil anything down like to the most basics of like what happens to decision-making and life planning is the speed and accuracy of which you get more information. You're never going to get it all, right? You're going to have to make decisions with incomplete data. But if you have a better sense, if you compile everything that you can within, you know, balancing the cost benefit of decision paralysis, of course, or analysis paralysis, uh, but that's going to help you make better decisions. It's going to help eliminate that fear, let it recede back. But if you have no plan, it, it, it's guaranteed to fail. Like hope's just flat out not a strategy. It's not a financial strategy. And that's why you see things where it's like, I'm going to butcher the exact stat, but somewhere in the range of like 150 to 80,000, 180,000 is like the average American retirement savings. All right. Which is candidly, it sounds like, it sounds like a solid number, right? But not if you're living off it for the rest of your life. What if you're going to live another 20 years? If you had 180,000, and you're going to live for 20 years. What is that? You're going to live off $9,000 a year, especially in times where you're going to have higher healthcare costs, imagine, you know, presumably, right? So hope is not a strategy there. We have to get in the weeds. We have to have the hard conversations with ourselves and with the people around us. And a detailed strategy allows you to be stay detached and confident in what's going on. So I gave that, you know, that COVID like 9% drop in a day for the stock market example. So if you're confident in your strategy and you're like, hey, well, I, I'm not going to need this money for another eight years, all right? I'm not even going to sweat for a second that the market dropped 9%. In fact, maybe this is a buying opportunity. Maybe I'm going to buy more because I know my plan, right? I don't need to panic and sell it and, and get my money out now. It's, I wasn't going to touch it for eight years. I'm still not going to touch it. But how do I position myself? How do I take action today to make sure eight year in the future me is way better off because of what I'm doing right now. So succinctly put, we got to go all in on the prep work and coming up with our strategy and making sure we've got a good plan in place because that's going to ease the mental burden and allow us to make sure we can gut check that we're still on track moving forward. So, so let's round us out here. All right, let's, let's tie out what we talked about. The foundation of finance, in my opinion, of course, foundation of finance is knowing yourself and getting into the right headspace. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses. You got to know what you want to achieve, what you need today, what you're going to need in the future. 
you have to understand that and you have to know, you know, how much risk you're willing to take, how, you know, how disciplined are you? And having that helps you build out the plan that's unique to your life. If you take anything away from, from the podcast today, beyond what I just said, point number two is remember your life is your own and your planning should reflect that. Don't get swayed based on what what's happening in the media, the news of the day, social media, family influences. Subtract all of that out. And that's re- it's really hard to do. Right, I'm. I'm not saying it's not hard. I've been there. It's very challenging, but you have to do it for your own sake. So, recognize your life's your own. Plan accordingly, and remember, failing to plan is planning to fail. And comparison is the thief of joy. All right. Your plan, your timeline, your goals and milestones, that's the focus. The rest is just noise. And it doesn't do you any good to let that influence what you have going on today. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, appreciate the support. And hopefully there are some nuggets of wisdom that you, you pulled from today's episode. Um, If you ever have any questions, any topics, anything like that, of course, reach out to me. But excited to be back, back in the studio here, recording podcast, and we'll we'll keep the train running. So with that, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, afternoon, night, 5 a.m. workout if you're really hardcore. Wherever you're listening to this, um, enjoy the time you have before you. And don't forget, come up with a plan. (laughs) All right, y'all. Take care.